Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. <laughs> I feel like, feel like we, we have to think, we force ourselves to think of a new thing We're always like, thing we're always like oh, that's the end of the script. Shoot, what do I say? What do I say? Frick, what's my line? <laughs> After 160 episodes, you'd think that we would have gotten the hang of this by I now. Don't, I don't but... know, because I feel like part of me is like, well, we could just do the same music every time. And I was like, but then that just extends the script and then we still have the same problem. Well, yeah, that's fair. We would still end the script and then go, what do we do now? What do we do? Anyway, we're two best friends and we love talking about stuff. Specifically, stuff. unexplainable, usually unsolved, sometimes spooky, mostly ooky stuff. Yeah, it's not going to be too spooky today. However, this was alluded to. And a previous episode, which you can listen to if you go to our website at thispodcastdoesnexist.com. Dot com. You can also find all of our socials there. We live mostly on Instagram, but we also do have a TikTok where every Thursday Shannon posts something fun. But you can also press a button that says write in. It's nice and big and beautiful and bold on the front page. Please do if you have anything you'd like to tell us. But yeah, other than that... And the bingo card at the top of the page, which feel free to open up. I'm not sure you're going to get too many this time, but might as well. You know, you, you never know your odds. You never know what we're going to talk about. We're the Viscount and Viscountess of, of Tangent Town. Was that my name? I think I had a different name. You were the Viscount of Tangent Town. That's me. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> I think that's what? a Star Wars quote. You were, like, talking about odds, and it made me think of that. I think it's a Star Wars quote. Brittany will know. Don't tell me the odds. Never tell me the odds. Something. Anyway. Dot com. Dot com. All right. Well, do you want to, do you want to jump into it? You ready? Oh, she's diving in. Visual bit for all you friends actually playing the bingo card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch Usher? No. (laughs) <laughs> I just saw that one specific dance move on TikTok. Where my keys, boys, my, my phone. <laughs> keys, phone, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm sure he did very well. I'm sure his mom's proud of him. I'm sure his mom is proud of him. No, <laughs> I, I have, I have no segue. Speaking of mothers being proud. <laughs> Actually, interestingly, this creature hails from the town that. Usher's mom is from? No, no that would be really funny. In, it instituted and invented Mother's Day in the United States in huh. 1904. Wow. Which is Grafton, West Virginia. Good to know. So, West Virginia is home to many tales, and some feel more true than others, as we have already experienced in other episodes. This might be the case for the Grafton Monster. Did this being stir up such a frenzy only to stay better hidden than Bigfoot ever has? Thank you. You got it. Anytime. So let's set the scene. It's 1964. And the town of Grafton, West Virginia, once a railroad boom town, is a little sleepier now than it once was. Good job. You're such a... I'm just, gonna send. Do, I'm just going to do a sound design. Like It's great. It's like, <laughs> let's set the scene. <laughs> the year was Jump 1964. Up. Like groovy music in the background. <laughs> well, imagine. It was the railroad town. 
imagine sleepier than the the. Imagine the newspaper room, though, the the newsroom of this sleepy town. And there's one guy sitting there at his desk smoking a cigarette. He's got those big Coke bottle glasses. I'm loving this. His name is Robert Cockrell. I knew you were going to make that joke at some point. I'm glad it was right off the bat. Wait, you don't love this Foley artistry that I'm bringing to the podcast? <laughs> Y'all, a little peep behind the curtain. Uh, I've been here <laughs> since like 10 in the morning. It's now uh, 5.30. 5.30. I spent most of the day Grandpa Joeing in Emma's bed. For those of you not familiar, Grandpa Joeing, when used as a verb is to bundle oneself in a friend's bed whilst they accomplish a task that they cannot do alone. Which honestly was very necessary. I have cleaned out my entire clothing hoard, and now I actually have clothes that I think I might look good in. I just forgot where they were because they were at the bottom of everything. Yeah. So I really appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, Highly recommend if you are a girly like me. I was going to say ADHD. I don't have ADHD. They checked. (laughs) yes would you say that the experience has you feeling like a golden ticket (laughs) it was a golden ticket experience great moving on back to 1964 (laughs) great callback you did so well thank you you're welcome it's june 16th robert cockrell who is a reporter at the grafton sentinel was banking on it being the quiet, sleepy town that it was when he drove home at 11 p.m. that night. Would you like me to stop? It's so... I don't know why it surprises me every single time. I think it's because I don't necessarily know which word you're going to pull. And you're reading, so you don't see me preparing. Uh, Really, this would make more sense if we did it in post, but we... We don't have that type of have... time built into our production schedule. We don't. I'm so sorry to say. So he's driving. He's taking a curve along the western bank of the Tigart River and encounters what he called a, quote, huge white obstruction, end quote. <coughs> great. Great. I was expecting that one. I'm very happy. I'm very happy that I was correct. <laughs> the thing on the side of the road was bipedal, slick looking, <laughs> I'm so I sorry. shuddered. Seven feet tall, four feet wide, and had no head but some very meaty arms. Ooh. Yeah. Arm day, leg day, all day. No, no thoughts. Head, Smooth brain. Head non-existent. <laughs> Smooth brain. It didn't move as if unconcerned as the car got closer. Robert slammed on the gas and raced by the hulking thing. As soon as he arrived home, he called his friends Jerry Morse and Jim Mouser to to go back with him to investigate, because that's what Appalachian men do. They go back and figure it out with guns. (laughs) Uh, I can't confirm whether or not they had guns. It was very varying stories, but yeah. Just a feeling. The men made their way back to the road on the west bank of the river and looked around in the grassy area near the bend. 
They didn't find anything, but they saw grass trampled down that could indicate that the creature had stood there when Robert came around the bend. But the whole time they investigated, there was a low whistling sound that seemed to follow them. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Can you not whistle? Not consistently, no. Fascinating. I did not know that. <laughs> 11 years of marriage. I really think you know someone. I, get, I mean, I, we've never had an instance in... I can't do it. It's a lot of breath. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just... I'm like the wind in the willows, baby. I just can't do it. <laughs> no, it's good. I also really dislike when people whistle in public places because it feel it like it feels intrusive like like i'm being forced to listen to you because Uh it's a sound that carries yeah and also like what if you're a spy what if they're like giving signals (gasps) well that's like why you're not supposed to whistle in a theater because right the people running the flies flies. were sailors and that's how they would communicate on boats so you whistle you get something dropped on your head theater trivia for y'all if you didn't already taking know that. it way back to the Mackers episode, yeah. And if you haven't listened in to the that, double digits, I don't remember. I think yeah, I don't think it was a. I think it was like in the 30s, somewhere around there. Look, I do them and I forget them. I love them and I leave them. You know what? Except should... for my one true love. Say it with me, Mount, Mount Everest. Everest. <laughs> I was like, I got two choices. <laughs> What's your other choice? Titanic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but Mount. Mount Everest as a mystery, yeah. For you, I think is I more literally got a, go- a Google News alert uh, this morning that was like on the nearing the anniversary of the disappearance. the The mystery re like rekindles questions. Did the Chinese move Sandy Irving's body? Yes, <laughs> unconfirmed, but I say yes. So the creature's appearance can overall be described as large because she's thick. <laughs> i repeat would you like me to stop how about you look at me when you're ready for a sound effect got it okay so the no head thing is a little spooky but for the most part think hairless bigfoot stories vary from the creature having one large arm and one smaller one to actually having its head close to or in the middle of its chest Shannon's doing a visual bit, trying not to laugh on herself. I'm sorry. I'm just so funny. <laughs> she, she scooched one arm in and pushed one arm all the way out. You're feeling very Ebenezer Scrooge. The way you just did your head. You're just like. <laughs> That's so mean to Scrooge. I was trying to put my head in the middle of my. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so the thing that really gets me is the seal-like slick skin. That's how it's always described. Like, it was slick and shiny. But you think of, like, a seal and, like, their shiny, like, fur or shiny, like, hair. Yeah. That's how it's described. But they themselves are not slick. They just are wet wet. from the water. Yeah. But that's how... So, like, maybe a mantis ray. Have you ever, like, seen a mantis at the aquarium? A manta ray? Manta. A mantis. (laughs) A what now? (laughs) I'm unfamiliar with that. It's been a minute since I've been to the aquarium, but... No, no. A manta ray. You're right. Mantis is a... Oh, the the praying mantis. It's a bug. It's a bug. 
<laughs> with gigantic eyes that the bone shaman loves. I well, love that for him. We caught one once when we were living in Nebraska, and we kept it inside of a hamster, like, or in an aquarium. Um, and she was really pretty, and then she had eggs. Uh-oh. Like, she had babies, and they were no thank you yeah it was a lot dad was like um it's we're gonna go put this no outside on me into the cornfield of <laughs> that's where we lived like in nebraska we backed up to a cornfield because nebraska is cornfields love that not only like but where yeah. we were it was all cornfield gotcha so she's thick but she's also slick can i can i tell you what i'm picturing right now go ahead like a giant rufus from Kim Possible. Yes. The naked mole rat. Yes. But like with yes. different length arms. Like he got grown by Willy Wonka and or now like, is You know that meme wonky. of um Wonka. Wonky. I'm hilarious. <laughs> you know that meme of the it's the Shiba Inu and like Oh he's a buff. He's like buff but the head is really small. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's essentially what, what this is. That's essentially what this is. Okay. So Robert went into work the next day at the newspaper and decided not to tell his co-workers about the monster he had seen, but he did write about it. And his editor approved the story of the hulking creature with no head and seal-like shiny skin, and it was printed that morning, June 17th. After Robert's article and description of the creature, more than 20 calls came in from others who allegedly saw the monster as well. Two encounters alleged encounters, were interviewed by Robert and go as follows. Quote, I have seen the creature, called the Grafton Monster, several times when I was a young man, and it is very real. My first encounter, I was with my father cutting wood. We had finished and were loading the truck when our two dogs started barking. We stood there and listened. Something was walking, getting closer. My dad told me to get the gun from the cab. He carried a double-barrel 10-gauge with a double o buckshot whatever it was had picked up its pace and continued toward us all we knew for sure was it was big and wasn't scared of us the dogs or the chainsaws it stopped about 50 to 55 55 yards from us in the trees and went quiet my dad pulled both hammers back and stood in front of me told me to be ready the next thing that happened i'll never forget it stepped out looked at us, took three strides in our direction, turned, and walked back to the tree line. That was my first sighting of the beast. My second was about two months later at night, fishing alone. I spotted him on the opposite bank, and I got the hell out of there. End quote. Another interview from a different person said, quote, I saw the monster near the river early in the morning. It saw me and instantly froze. It did not move. I was fishing at the time and left all my gear there and started to run away. As I ran, I turned and I saw that it, too, turned away and started running off. As I got near my truck and began opening the door, I heard a whooshing sound and a bright light appear above the tree line. I drove off and got my gear two days later. End quote. (laughs) Just the idea that it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then runs away too. Like, oh my god, it saw me. Okay, you know what I'm actually picturing now is an adipose from Doctor Who. Like Genuinely, when you, when you see pictures of this, that is what it looks like. But that makes me not scared of it because they're really cute on Doctor Who. Fair enough. <laughs> Especially when with the running away. Yeah, they're I'm like, like 
Just a giant adipose. The article also triggered a slew of teenagers who decided to go monster hunting. Oh, boy. The following is from the Grafton Sentinel, June 18th, just one day after Robert's initial article. All this is a quote. Want to go monster hunting? If so, just join the roving bands of teenagers who are apparently convinced that a monster exists and is roving in the section of Riverside Drive near the city stone quarry. Wednesday night, several bands of teenagers, armed with flashlights, mallets, crowbars, and the like, were reported searching the Riverside Drive area. Several teenagers, none of them identified by name, have reportedly seen the monster and given fairly tallying reports of its appearance. End full quote. I really, I don't know about you, but I'm terrified of the idea of a band of teenagers having mallets and crowbars and being like, out in the woods at night waiting for something to like crack a twig yeah terrifying the story continued the next day june 19th 1964 with the article titled monster result of spring fever wild imagination mm. quote grafton's alleged monster reportedly per- the personification of active imaginations of a number of teenagers couldn't have shown up in the riverside drive area if it wanted to on thursday night too many teenagers and adults were roaming that section of the city. At approximately 10 p.m., it was reported that cars were almost bumper to bumper along the River Drive, and a large number of cars were pulled off the road to permit joining in the area's most popular sport in recent years, monster hunting. Wednesday night, about 30 teenagers engaged in a monster hunt, but by Thursday night, the number of teenagers had doubled, and a number of adults joined in the search. A routine check by the Sentinel showed that the monster story may have resulted from the fact that an individual pushing a handcart loaded high with boxes walked along Riverside Drive on Tuesday night. In the half-light of late evening, this person and the loaded handcart apparently took on a weird shape. It's fairly certain that monsters don't go pushing handcarts loading with boxes. End full quote. That whole bottom section, complete conjecture because that was listed nowhere else. And also there's no one coming forward being like, I was the person with a cart and loaded boxes at like up to seven feet high. Yeah. Also, what do you know about the monster economy? You, yeah. They could be pushing. They could have like a pretzel cart and you don't <gasps> even know. I would love that. Maybe they all like gather in the woods and watch the high school soccer game from beyond the the tree line, and they want a little snack snack. Monster like, munchies. Yeah. Monster munch. Just saying. I love that. Now I want Bigfoot, like selling me pretzels. That feels like a Bigfoot thing too. Like I feel like there would be a couple cryptids that would go into the, like the Girl Scout model of like here is a table full of cookies that we know that you want. Oh, Fresno Nightcrawler, Honda B. With a little sash. Yeah. She and she's so cute. She's got her little sash and her blinky blinky eyes and no mouth and you're just like, "Yes, ma'am. You take Venmo?" You take Venmo, okay. Apple Pay. Great. Love the outfit. <laughs> Great fishnet. Great. Uh, I love it. I have a question. Absolutely. I think I've discussed this with Holland on a road trip, perhaps. What do you think should be the the word for the collective noun for a group of teens? 
in the way that it's like a murder of crows yeah. or a business of ferrets. I I would like to propose either a havoc or mm. a disturbance. I like disturbance. My brain immediately said conclave. Oh, sophisticated. And a bit like religious and I don't know why. <laughs> you know those Midwestern teens. <laughs> those Bible Belt teens. Uh, that's so weird. But yeah, that's a good question. I'll have to think on it a bit more. See if I have anything better. Ralph, text us in the group chat what you think. Yeah. Or anyone else. Anybody we, else. I know, I know Ralph still listens consistently to the show. Well, and he'll have some thoughts. Yeah. My husband is not one to keep his thoughts to himself. Not in a bad way at all. Like, what are you talking about? Ralph is a very shy gentleman. <laughs> I've never seen him speak to a stranger. <laughs> And was about to do a spit take on the mic. <laughs> My wonderful extroverted introvert. Love you. Okay. So the fact of a person, quote unquote, fact of a person pushing a box laden cart mm-hmm. didn't ring true for Robert Cockrell either, who actually got in contact with Gray Barker. Do we remember Gray Barker? He was the oofologist from the Flatwoods monster case. Oh. Well, he and Robert pulled together what they could about the Grafton monster to write an article on it in UFO magazine, but it never made it to print. The frenzy for monster hunting eventually died down, and luckily there were no reports of anyone getting hurt during these, which was the authorities' initial fear. You know, young locals with guns and crowbars running around in the dark isn't really the thing you want to be cleaning up after, Mm -hmm. which totally understand. Apparently, people went back to the reporters who were reporting on the monster and they were like why did you put that up so quickly like why did you say that it was not real like we were looking for stuff for real and they were like the authorities really wanted us to make sure that we said that it didn't like yeah, it was really. not real because they wanted you not to clog up a a curve on a ma- on a main road next to a river and they didn't want you hanging out with your guns and your crowbars and your flashlights yeah I mean, have you seen a crowd of people after they win a football game, let alone when they're hunting something? Yeah, let's let's not. Let's not. So the town of Grafton almost immediately took to the story and put up a sign marking where Robert had his encounter. Hmm. It was swiftly stolen by college students. Oh, because, of course, but justice swiftly recovered. This time, though, they put it up on Main Street and just let people know where the sighting was they were like pointing in it's, the direction. it's over there the grafton monster is featured in colin mcgregor's last hunt a sci-fi post-apocalyptic nuclear fallout short story set in the west virginia mountains yeah very roundabout the author ted foster believes the legend deserves consideration quote i believe very strongly in the possibility of crypto life out there the grafton monster is just another example I think what we're seeing is some kind of unidentified intelligent wildlife that is smart enough to avoid complete detection, so we only glimpse parts of it and in poor lighting. End quote. I'm really just picturing a giant adipose blob doing like the Scooby-Doo, like (laughs) through the trees. Like it's seven feet tall, four feet wide, and you're telling me it's hiding. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I mean... Bigfoot's been doing it for years. Yeah, but Bigfoot's not four feet wide. Oh, that's fair. 
Like, it's not a sentient mattress going through the woods. <laughs> a sentient mattress. I love that. Like, You're not wrong. That's exactly what it is. That's what it was. <laughs> Somebody's Somebody, mattress like, fell off the mattress. top of their car. Yep. Someone lifted a mattress up and leaned it against the you know rock wall of... Yep. That's exactly what happened. Case, case, case closed. closed. Great bit. Thank you. So Morgantown, West Virginia, is home to the cryptid mountain miniature golf and has included the Grafton Monster in its immersive indoor 13-hole mini golf course. It is fully blacklight. It is so cool. I'm going to cry. I'm every so single, ev- Every single hole is either a cryptid or a ghost story. We got to go. We have to. This is what I'm saying about this. Are you genuinely crying? I'm so sorry. I'm just so excited. (laughs) But for this road trip, like, West Virginia goes hard. Yeah. I'm I'm in. It goes. Convince me. So hard. So. Just tell me when. I'll put in the vacation request. Well, what are you doing June 15th and 16th? I don't know. Because the town of Grafton is reviving its interest in the creature and is hosting its first Grafton Monster Festival. OMG. It's in honor of the 60th anniversary of Robert's sighting and will also coincide with the grand opening of the Grafton Monster Museum (gasps) located in the Black Cat Rookery Bookstore. Bro, we gotta go. And because it's West Virginia, there will be a cornhole tournament. Uh, We gotta go. Yeah. I, it is Father's Day weekend, but I think our fathers should understand. My my father would be so excited if we brought him. <laughs> the, the bone shaman the would bone have a great shaman. great time. So yeah, um, definitely we're gonna go to Morgantown. We're gonna go to Grafton. Uh, we'll make our way over to Point Pleasant at some point, but it's a little bit further out. That's true. Um, and their festivals in September. This one's in June. Yes, indeed. So. Apparently, the woman who owns Black Cat Rookery Bookstore is the one who is starting the museum. Love it. And the festival. She only expects about 500 to 1,000 people to be there in total. Wait till we talk about it on our show. (laughs) It'll be 547. You're welcome. So a few other pop culture moments for our Grafton Monster. The Folk Hero Coffee Company, also based in West Virginia, has a medium light Grafton Monster roast. And the monster appears in multiple episodes of Mountain Monsters on the Travel Channel, because of course, and has re-entered popular culture more recently in the video game Fallout 76. This game also features previous podcast cryptids like the Flatwoods Monster, the Snallygaster, and the Jersey Devil. Wow. Yeah. The gang's all here. The whole gang. The whole gang. That's not what West Virginia. No, that's just our voice. That's just weird voices. We find, well, I find Midwest voices like adorable, but also funny because it doesn't feel real. Like they feel, they feel supernatural almost. I love it. Supernatural. Super, supernatural. <laughs> it, the tapioca pudding is supernatural. It's out of this world. I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> tapioca is my favorite word to say in the accent. Anyway, how we feeling? You got any thoughts before we move on to theories? 
Other than, are you good? You're not crying anymore. No. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know what came over me. I don't know either. I just got really excited about mini golf. <laughs> you know, being the athlete that I am. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, what's your par? <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right question to I'm ask. Like, um, <laughs> I have no clue if that's the right question to ask. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I have no clue. 17. <laughs> There we go. What's your handicap? That's what I was supposed to ask. Oh. <laughs> Is that how many you take off? I think so. Like you start at negative yeah. 17. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have no clue. Golf is diff- like sports. <laughs> Correct. So jumping into theories, what is it? Boing. What was it? Boing. Where can we find it? <laughs> Great job. I was like, I need to rule of threes. We got to have three. So, Dr. Kirshner, shout out to yes. you. Well, Robert believed that the monster was a, quote, alien visitor from another planet, end quote. Thank you. He confessed this in a letter to Gray Barker when they were collecting their evidence for the article that never published. Others have suggested the same, since there has been no sighting of the creature since 1964, and no evidence that it ever came to visit beyond the alleged encounters, including the one where the person f- saw it a light above the tree line, mm-hmm. which could have been a UFO picking up our crafted monster. So this also feels very similar to the Flatwood, Flatwoods monster, but a little less sinister, mm-hmm. I think, because there isn't really like a one-on-one encounter beyond Roberts. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other one was like, there were s- seven people there, yeah. eight people there. So it also gets into the like cryptid versus alien thing, mm. which I think there's a little bit of a liminal line there with interdimensional beings, which has been proposed that the Grafton monster is an interdimensional being hopping through portals in time and space and just happened to stop off right where Robert would be turning the corner or any of the other encounters along the river. There's also the similar theory with Bigfoot, which we've talked about with the Bennington Triangle and in the Bigfoot episode, uh, because Bigfoot's seen practically everywhere, including West Virginia. He is also included in the uh, mini golf course. Of course. Of course. He feels like he feels like the king, but like the benevolent king of cryptids. You know what I mean? Yes. Like he rules over them all, but he's just kind of like he's the Aslan of. Thank you. He's furry. He's the lion god of the cryptid world. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta tell you, I loved those books growing up. Never put it two and two together about the allegorical. You you weren't supposed to. You were Uh, not at all. But we went to to. church. That's the thing. Like we we listened to the Focus on the Family radio theater, Mm. which they're so good, which pains me because I cannot support them now, knowing their views against queer people. The quality of production is so elite. I have most of the series on on CD. Throwing it, throwing it back. CD. You I'm, on your Walkman? I can only I can only play them in my car. I don't oh, yeah, own I a don't, CD player I don't either. I can't. Well, my laptop does not have a disc drive. Neither does mine. I wonder if the Xbox would play it. I don't know. We gotta try that out. 
I don't want to sacrifice it to the, to the Xbox. Oh, one. no, I meant one of mine. Oh, okay. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> no, I meant one of mine, like, to try and see if a CD oh, yeah, would play yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah. But anyway. I can offer know. up, like, Grey's Anatomy Season 2 soundtrack. <laughs> well, I have all of the CDs that you burned me oh, yes. in college of every musical ever, basically. I still have them. As you should. Yep. Put a lot of work into those. Yes, you did. I listened to most of them in my car. Before your car died. Before my car died. R.I.P. And I think it ate one of the CDs. <gasps> I don't remember which one. It might have been the Wonderland one. Anyway. At the time, authorities brought up the idea of a copycat. Because a few weeks before the Grafton monster was reported, a monster had been reported in Michigan. And the Grafton monster was described as about twice as big as this Michigan monster. Mm. Um, So they were a little suspicious. This is also almost 10 years after the Flatwoods monster was reported. And there are multiple other sightings of other things in West Virginia at this time. And monster movies, again, like we've talked about multiple times before, sci-fi, all of that is fairly like a big popular culture thing at the time. Mm -hmm. So... It's not unfamiliar to people, and it also might fill in the blanks when they're looking at something that they don't recognize. It also should be considered that this is Appalachia, and Appalachian folktales feature a lot of monsters. So that could also be filling in the blanks for people when they're looking at things they don't recognize. So Robert, who worked at the newspaper and knew about the Michigan monster because it was in his newspaper, might have already had that in mind as well as any other Appalachian folktales in mind when he turned that corner, saw something he didn't recognize, it flashes in his brain, that's what he sees, and his brain fills in the blanks to try and categorize what it is. Because that's just how your brain tries to keep you alive. Another theory was, as it often is, an escaped animal. This is from one of the newspaper articles. Quote, one youth suggested that it might be an escaped polar bear, but offered no suggestions as to where such an animal could have escaped. End okay, quote. youth. <laughs> so like with the Enfield monster and the escaped kangaroo um, and Mothman and an escaped African shoebill, this may be evidence that people owning wild animals in the like middle America is just not a great idea or out, outside of this wild animal's natural habitat in general. Not a great idea. No one reported a polar bear missing or saw anything like a polar bear anywhere else around. Okay, but if it was your polar bear, you wouldn't want to say anything. So, yes, correct. But then, like, if you're on the hunt for it, like, to go and find it, like, in any case. Maybe the neighborhood bears took took pity (gasps) on it. Oh. And we're like, hey, bud. He He got welcomed into the fold. You're not from around this here parts. Come over here. We'll teach you the ropes. So there might be a secret polar bear just lolloping around the mountains of West Virginia. No, I like to think that they, like, underground railroaded him back north. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's like a children's book. Like, we're going to smuggle you you out of this backyard. We're going to get get you back to where it's cold. We're going to get you home. They are north, right? Not Polar bears? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, penguins are south. Penguins. 
Penguins. Penguins, as Bandicoot Cabbage Patch likes to say. Penguins. Which my mom now can't say penguins without (laughs) saying penguins. Penguins. It's just the fact, how many people listen to him record So many people listen to him record it. We can't tell him to do it again. Why can't you tell him to do it again? He showed up bloody homes. He would have done it again and gone, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm... I trained at the Royal Academy. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I don't either. You I'm sure know, it's true. You want to know who I love? Andrew Scott. Yes. I need to watch his new movie. I've been watching all the interviews with him and Paul Mescal, and I love them. They were both Paul Mescal's really funny. They were both wearing like these little knit cardigans. Yes. <laughs> and I just want to have tea with them. Just Apparently, like, Andrew Scott taught lads. Paul Meskel how to how to pose on the red carpet, and it was that. like so. Now all of their poses are exactly the, the same. same. <laughs> it's so cute. Anyway, so the Polar last bear. the last theory mattress, the second to last theory. <laughs> <laughs> Far from the definitive theory, Far which from is the, yes, mattress. mattress. <laughs> the second to last theory is humans. So like the newspaper claimed, it really could have been something that in the dim headlights as Robert rounded the bend looked like a large being when it was really only a person carrying items and minding their own business. But it's really hard to believe that they wouldn't have come forward or actually even have been on that road at 11 p.m. I just... Holding that much shit. How cartoonishly many boxes are you carrying it does feel like something from toontown you know what I mean? yeah like seven feet tall it feels like something from even toontown. if he's like exaggerating still it's like five feet tall maybe in real life right and then it reports ended up getting inflated to like nine feet tall oh my goodness and four but it was always like four California foot wide king size <laughs> it was a mat guys it was a mattress uh, it was a mattress but it was an air mattress so it was so deflated <laughs> no it was like light enough to carry Oh, I see. Duh. Duh. So sorry. <laughs> I I was listening, I promise. But I was I know. also in my head trying to figure out how Matt Tress could be a drag queen name. Like could, Matt Dress. No, like tr- tresses, like hair, like like but like what's a what word can you put in front of it to make it like dirty, like something? <laughs> Not their Mattress. names are dirty. Yeah, but like a to lot make of it more, To make it more of a pun. Yeah. And I can't think of anything. Write in. Let us know. <laughs> it's going to come to you in the middle of the night. It is. And I'm going to shoot up in bed. <laughs> It'll be like Weird Al Yank a bitch where I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> so good. That was a roller derp. I did not come up with that. It was a roller derby so name, and I just... Yank a bitch. Sidebar. So sorry. We are almost done. Tangent Town abounds. <laughs> so Ralph and I once had a conversation about if I ever did roller derby, regardless of the fact that I have no agility whatsoever. Or balance. Or balance. <laughs> but Ralph and I were having the conversation where we were trying to come up with what my name would be mm-hmm. and we had like i was like let's focus on like a category like i saw somebody was like uh cinderella so like let's do princesses mm. or something so we were like doing doing things like snow bites like stuff like that where it was like really stupid <laughs> yeah. and then he looked up and he goes oh, i've got it 
And I was like, oh my God, what? He goes, Tanya Harding. <laughs> no pun. Sir. <laughs> That's just her name. That's just her name. <laughs> At least change it to like Tanya Hard Thing or something. <laughs> but, but he was like, no, I but it's, it. it's the bit. You yeah. would you would understand it because you know what she's done. <laughs> I was like, well, allegedly. she wasn't she wasn't the one who allegedly hit her. Yeah, it was her husband, was her husband. Sebastian Stan with a bad mustache. <laughs> and the lead pipe in the hallway. <laughs> yes, correct. Correct. It was, it was <laughs> the way my brain went, snow bites and the seven horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys. <laughs> that was the grafted monster i think i think we've done it we love you all we'll see you next time <gasps> the crowd goes wild <laughs> tanya harding and weird al yankovic are peacing out we'll see you later <laughs> snow bites in the seven horse <laughs> I'm so funny. (laughs) This episode was researched, co-produced, and edited by Emma Kylie. Co-produced and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Our theme music was composed and performed by Tom Emsley-Smith. The mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kylie.